the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Remember? How could they have possibly forgotten something like that? Of all the things that they must have remembered Jesus saying to them when he was with them, how could that one have slipped their minds? Uh, happy Easter. It's a blessing to uh, enter into this second uh, worship hour with you uh, here at Prince of Peace this morning. Uh, we, it's occurring to all of us. It's a good thing we did have two services on this Easter, uh, given the uh, amount of folks that have uh, been worshiping with us in person throughout the morning. So I, I just want to start by saying thank you. Thank you to all of our musicians that have been here since early this morning. Uh, the choir and uh, and the brass and and uh, the organist and the and the band and the singers and the ushers and so many others that just you know hang out and stay and and make things happen and welcome so that we're able to uh, to gather for worship on this holy day. So it's a blessing to be a part of such a team. Our Easter uh, begins with an account of several faithful women heading out to the tomb on the first Easter morning, and we know that they would have been devastated, and they must have felt so lost. They must have felt hopeless. They had just been unable to keep a proper vigil with Jesus during his final hours because of the violent nature of his dying. We hear from Luke's gospel this Easter, which tells us that Mary Magdalene was one of the women who went out to the cemetery that, that first Easter morning. Her close friend, her Lord, Jesus, had died. The one who reached out to Mary with love and, and dignity rather than with condemnation or judgment or sideways glances that she had become accustomed to in her life. Mary went out in her grief, Luke says, bringing spices that they had prepared. So, right at the start, if you have ever felt less than, if you have ever felt worthless or condemned or judged or unworthy of being loved for who you are, not for who somebody thinks you ought to be or even who you wish you might become, well, then you know that nothing short of resurrection will be enough. And that just feels like an awful lot to hope for. But Jesus had changed everything for Mary Magdalene. Her resurrection from death was no less miraculous than it was for Lazarus who came stumbling out of the tomb four days after his own funeral. We're talking about life coming out of death. Jesus changed everything for Mary Magdalene. It's been already four years since uh, they did this wonderful uh, live version on network TV of the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. And though it was uh, four years ago now, we still have it saved on our DVR at home because every once in a while, I like to go back to it and just watch and listen to Mary Magdalene, who's played by Sarah Bareilles, oh, singing the song, I Don't Know How to Love Him. She just inhabited the way I imagine Mary Magdalene to be. 
I've been changed, she sings. Yes, really changed. In these past few days, when I've seen myself, I seem like someone else. about resurrection that's that's where the bar has been set Mary just wanted to perform one final act of love and dignity for her Lord because he gave her a new life and it must have been hard to even consider going out to that tomb easy to stay away to stay in denial to stay in fear I mean, the, 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 the machinery of, of, of death and condemnation was churning, and anyone found to be a follower of Jesus was at risk. Crucifixion was in the air. But these women not only went out there, they entered the tomb. That detail just gets me. I mean, tombs are not huge. You can see the whole thing by just peering in from the outside. But the women essentially climbed down in the grave. They wanted to go in there all the way inside and occupy that dark place. The last place they knew their Lord to have been. Jesus once said, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be also. And so the women entered the tomb, the grave, the place of death. That's where he had been. And the best case scenario they could have expected would be to find the desecrated, beaten, bloodied, discarded body of their Lord disposed of without the proper burial rituals of their faith tradition. The worst case scenario was that someone would have stolen the body of their Lord, disposed of it in some unknown location, leaving them nothing left that they could do for him. They got all the way out there to that dark tomb. Those faithful women looked at each other and they said, we're going in. This is courageous love. This is fierce love. And there's nothing about Easter about resurrection that made sense to those faithful women any more than it makes sense to us today. In our experience, when someone dies, it would appear that death has had the final say. 
Anyone who says otherwise is full of it, the world says, and it says it on Easter morning too. I, I read about a pastor, Clint Tidwell, who served a little church in a small town. One of the active members of his congregation was the 80-year-old editor and owner of the local town newspaper. Now, this news per- person happened to believe that that Pastor Tidwell was the finest preacher in town, and so every Sunday after worship, he would go home and write up a summary of the sermon, and then he'd run it as an article in the back pages of the local town paper every Monday. Now, the problem, of course, was that Pastor Tidwell was most often astonished at what he read in the paper, which uh, summaries were a source of amazement and sometimes embarrassment. How could there have been such a difference between what he thought he had preached and what the editor had heard. And I can tell you that all pastors are familiar with this uh, communication breakdown phenomenon. On the Monday after Easter, Pastor Tidwells shuffled out to his carport where the kid always threw the newspaper and picked it up there where it was delivered. He could see as he was reaching down even that there was a particularly large and bold headline on the front page this morning. And he wondered for a quick moment, had another war broken out? Was there some calamity in town that he hadn't heard about yet? And as he picked up the paper, he read the shocking front page headline, Pastor Tidwell claims Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He was immediately embarrassed to think about everybody in town reading this. And then he was embarrassed. Well, because he was embarrassed, right? Of course that's what he preached on Easter Sunday, but seeing it as a front-page headline, as breaking news, well, on that first Easter, Luke tells us that the women were perplexed and they were terrified. And these seem like perfectly reasonable reactions to seeing a heavenly host a messenger, and hearing that death itself has been overcome. Those faithful women had prepared themselves as best they could. They, they, emotionally, they knew that what they needed to do out at that tomb would be devastatingly difficult. So they got things together. They got the burial spices together. Just as we prepare for funerals for our own loved ones, we, we choose clothing and and flowers and readings and, and which pictures to display. These rituals help us prepare. But they were not prepared for this. The messenger says, Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Remember? How could they have possibly forgotten something like that? Of all the things that they must have remembered Jesus saying to them when he was with them, how could that one have slipped their minds? Is it possible to hear such an incredible thing and then just go about your life without giving it much thought day to day? You know, going to work every day, getting the kids ready for school, Soccer games, lacrosse, baseball, buying groceries, doctor's appointments, car needs an oil change, homework, school, finals. I suppose when you put it like that, I guess I do forget 
about resurrection, or at least act like I have more fear of death than I do hope of resurrection. But the women did remember. They went back to their lives, they went to their homes and their families, and they witnessed. They told everybody about what they had heard and experienced at the tomb. They shared the good news. Even while no one was sure yet just how good the news really was. But these words, Luke tells us, seemed to them, that's the apostles whom the women shared, first of all, what they had experienced at the tomb. These words seemed to them like an idle tale, and they didn't believe them. And here's the thing about that. The good news of the Easter gospel is not affected one way or the other by your response to it. It simply is what it is. So I'm not here begging you to believe it or even trying to convince you one way or the other. I'm just here to give you the headlines, to share the good news because I have known it to be true in my own life. I have witnessed the power of resurrection faith. I see it around here. I see it around Prince of Peace all the time. I see people gathering around resurrection hope after losing someone so dearly loved, and not only surviving, but serving and worshiping and giving and moving forward with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven. I see, and I've seen it this morning more than once, people struggling with serious health issues, physical limitations, fighting your way to worship, often with the help of a loved one, to hear this good news in person again in the midst of the blessed community because you know how precious it is and your very presence among us is a witness to the power of resurrection hope. And I see you. I see hundreds and hundreds of poor rural villagers making their way up dirt mountain paths to the church for worship in Africa. Some have only a couple of fresh eggs or a few bananas to give as their offering. If they're a little bit more well-off, they might have a goat even to bring to church with them. But they sing with joy, and their gratitude to God overtakes all of our language barriers, and we know that we are one in Christ. We're going to visit them, a group of us, in June. Let's just spend one minute with them, with one of our groups at a Maasai church. Video link in the description. So much joy, uh, but it would be impossible to overestimate, to overstate how much loss and sadness among these people where disease and death visit the young and the old. And yet we're swept up in their joy and their resurrection faith when we're with them. They sing and they jump and they dance because they believe, because they know that death does not have the last word, that God in Christ proclaims new life and empty tombs. My good friend, Pastor Laiamuya, whom you could see in that short clip presenting our group with handmade uh, Maasai crosses, is now gone as well leaving behind his wife and children and this sprawling multi-parish church that he gathered and served so faithfully for so many years. 
But Laimuya also left behind the good news of the Easter gospel, a resurrection faith that no darkness can or has overcome. The Messiah people are rarely arrive on time for worship, but they come from far away to hear the news. Pastor Laimuya declares that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Laimuya was so full of joy that he could barely get through a sentence without laughing, and I can hear him laughing still. Even in this age of skepticism and conspiracies and fake news and church decline and climate change and global pandemics and obscene war. In the midst of all of it, the hope of the resurrection continues to make the front page. And we are, look around, we are surrounded by witnesses. Amen. I want you here with me. I the resurrection was true, had accomplished the defeat of death and dying, even as those faithful women in their sadness and grief marched their way out to the tomb that first Easter morning. They didn't know it had happened. They didn't believe it yet. And when they heard it, they were perplexed and terrified. The resurrection was true. Life had defeated death in Christ. They ran back home and they told the apostles and the apostles said, that sounds like a lot of gossip to us, you women. Sounds like an idle tale to us. But the resurrection was already true. It had already happened and it was true for them. It was true for all of them. This morning, you received the host. You heard the words, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin. There was no pre-interview before you receiving that sacrament to make sure that you believed it strongly enough, that you'd been good enough during this past week or throughout Holy Week or you didn't eat meat on Fridays or whatever it is that you thought you should have been doing. You just held out your hand and God in Christ came to you. Now, we sure want you to believe it. We hope you can, you, your, the faith in the resurrection, the hope can be a part of your life because, oh, sister, does that make you a force to be reckoned with in this dark world? If you go out of here knowing that life has defeated death, that death does not have the last word, that you're a forgiven, claimed child of God, well, I think that's what it's all about. That's what this place is all about. It's what this morning is all about. So. Get out there. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Happy Easter.